Welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. This is Pastor Ariel, again with John Trombley. Uh, we just finished the Beatitudes, and now we're going to go into the next section, the salt and the light of the earth. Well, <clears throat> we have finished quite a journey. Uh, we have eight uh, episodes dealing with how Jesus describes the best pathway for a human being to be happy. And it ends with the happy note of persecution. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it, we've, we've kind of joked about it, but the reality is, is that this is reality. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus describes here sounds so topsy-turvy, so upside down, so counterintuitive. But you and I know both that this has been the path that has brought us the greatest happiness, fulfillment, and joy. Um, and so Jesus, Jesus finishes with persecution. And now we go into... Um, what sounds like, you know, advice for the kitchen. Right, right. Uh, we have some salt here, huh? Um, I don't know if you want to read the verse of uh, Matthew 5.13. Sure. Uh, as we transition out of the Beatitudes, sounds like a bit abrupt, but you brought some insights that actually I appreciated. Of This is actually a flow of thought, right? It is a flow of thought, right? And, it, and you know, it does make sense, by the way, if something is worth having, you know, the old cliche is you you fight for it, right? It's a, it's a little bit of a struggle. So it does make sense. Um but, uh, so here's the verses that we're looking at today. This is Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 13, and we're going to go down to verse 16. And it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. If you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Mm. So I guess my first thought is, you know, again, last week we we talked about persecution. And, and to me, this is almost as if Jesus is answering a question that wasn't asked, but probably sees it coming, which is, and I have to admit, I would do the same thing. If I hear persecution, well, then I'm just going to stay home. I'll read my scriptures and, you know, I'll... Wait for Jesus to come in the basement. I'll, I'll preach to the children because they have to listen. But uh, that's it, right? And, and yeah, and just wait for Jesus to come back. That way I don't have to be persecuted. And I, you know, I, I jokingly say that, but I do think that is human nature. You know, we... we most people don't like to struggle. I don't. I haven't really met anybody who likes to struggle. But uh, uh, Jesus answers this question. You don't have that opportunity. Yeah, the the path of the Beatitudes is inevitable. It, it will lead to you going against the grain of planet Earth. Mm. And you know, there's something about you know to be said uh, about salt. I don't mean to get all nerdy, uh, but I do remember. In some of my um, anatomy, physiology, chemistry classes, um, this is after my conversion. College was way different after being, for me, experiencing conversion, um, especially when I would take the sciences. Um, at least for me, in my mind, I would find lots of parables mm-hmm. in, in some, even uh, in the laws of chemistry or how chemi- uh, elements behave. And there's something unique between salt and sugar. Uh, when you dilute them in water, um, sugar, it just like the molecule for sugar stays sugar. Hmm. It just gets very, it gets separated, but the, the carbon molecule for sugar stays sugar. Whereas when you put salt, the sodium chloride actually separate hmm. and it's no longer salt. 
So when the professor says that, I'm like, <gasps> you know, I immediately thought about this verse that the salt becomes tasteless. Salt can become so diluted that it no longer is salt anymore. Mm. It's just two separate elements that are floating around in water. And it's not until it gets concentrated again that those elements can unite and it becomes salt again. So salt, sugar will always be sugar. It just be diluted. But salt can actually stop becoming salt if it becomes so diluted that the elements actually just, the sodium goes one way, the chloride goes the other way, and it's not salt anymore. So it is indeed good for nothing then, huh? Exactly. Wow. Um, so in chemistry class, the Holy Spirit was there helping me to just get these little insights. And of course, immediately the Holy Spirit would be like, so are you diluted right now, Ariel? Mm. <clears throat> are you allowing yourself to, to become so saturated? Are you diving into the ocean of the world so that you become divided and so divided that you are neither of the world and you're definitely not of Jesus and so you are tasteless. Mm. Um, you, you, you're not flavoring. You're actually being flavored. And this is the tension. And you and I talked about some, some things that I think can change the way we see persecution. And, and I shared a verse with you that came to mind when, when you shared that link, you know, that <clears throat> Jesus says, you know, he finishes with persecution. Matthew chapter uh, 9. Mm-hmm. That's what I was waiting Mark, for was the verse. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Mark chapter 9, verse 49. Um, for everyone will be salted with fire. Everyone will be salted with fire. Mm-hmm. Salt is good. But if the salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? Persecution maybe is what makes us salty. Right. Mm-hmm. Persecution maybe is what God can use to reveal to us our lack of saltiness. You know, even in the example you were just using, when you're in in class with, you know, your peers and you you're seeing the sodium being uh, separated, you have all these other thoughts, these these theological thoughts, right? Your classmates, you know, if it was today, they were probably wondering what they were going to binge watch on Netflix next, right? I mean, the point is is that there's flavor there. Mm. There's flavor in your you're thinking about um, a deeper thing. You have a purpose. You have these yeah. these 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 theological thoughts, these higher thoughts. Whereas your your again, your peers are just wondering about their grade. So even in that, there, there there's a microcosm of of what's being talked about here. And I'm, that's powerful that what you just said because um, is is this being flavored? gives a quality, a right. good quality of life. So being the salt of the earth is not a miserable experience. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is not saying, <laughs> uh, like I used to envision it, right? You put a lot of salt on beef and it becomes wrinkly and hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I thought, you know, a Christian is like this piece of beef. Beef that jerky, is just, huh? <laughs> <laughs> harder. <laughs> you know, that's a good Christian. And actually Jesus is saying, no, you're actually someone that, thrives, mm-hmm. even as, as messed up as our world is, you know, some of my classmates were miserable in chemistry class because they, of all these other problems. Whereas in class, I'm having Bible studies by my atheistic professor mm-hmm. <laughs> as he's describing the behavioral elements. The Holy Spirit is there saturating my mind, 
with spiritual thoughts right. that are just blowing my mind away. And I'm thinking, man, I had to preach this weekend and there's my sermon right mm-hmm. there. Thank you, professor, for giving me these, these insights through the elements. So being the salt of the earth, I, I love how you said it. It gives you a purpose. Right. Uh, there, there's now a mission that extends beyond getting a grade, getting a career, getting a salary is flavoring the world. Amen. And that kind of show, you know, this, this is the connection, uh, you know, again, Jesus doesn't show, doesn't say, hey, everything's going to be happy-go-lucky. He doesn't say that. And yet, at the same time, while you're being persecuted, he's saying you actually are going to be the blessing mm. in it. So as you're in this world that isn't that great, as we, as we, uh, I don't think that's a shock to anybody. Um, everybody thinks there's always something better. Uh, there's a reason we feel that way. It's in our DNA. We are to be that better thing. You know, we are to, we are to shine for others. Um, you know, even as Jesus talks about this, what does salt do? Salt does two things. It, per, it uh, preserves things like you were just talking about with the beef, but it also has flavor, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it brings out the flavor of things. Uh, we are to do just that. We are to preserve what is godly. And at the same time, we're, we're flavoring um, we're giving blessings. We're receiving blessing and we're giving it at the same time. You know, it, it's convicting me what you're saying because be, looking at life that way, <clears throat> the Christian should be, quote unquote, the life of the party m- minus the drunkenness. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But it should be a, a revelation that man, you can enjoy life so much and, and laugh and just be happy minus the drugs, minus the promiscuity, mm-hmm. uh, is Jesus. Jesus is what causes us. And, and you know, in, in Mark 9.49, when Jesus says, everyone will be salted with fire, uh, immediately you, you feel like, oh, I'm, I don't want to get burnt. But Jesus says, you know, you will be baptized with fire. Right. Um, and the only baptism that I know of is that of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Right. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit dwelling in me can bring about a transformation of me. I'm, I'm, you know, an introvert, tend to lean towards melancholy, you know, the cup is half full and what is in it, I don't like. So (laughs) it doesn't matter. No wonder we get along so well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My wife is the, you know, the very opposite, you know, the cup is half full. Give me a straw. Let's make it fun with a little umbrella on top of it. And so I've been learning to uh, realize People enjoy being around my wife because she's smiling and she's happy. I, I tend to be pensive, you know. How can I use this as a sermon illustration? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always in, in, in that mode, and my wife's helping me to be like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a time and a place where you just need to say, look at the sunset, look at the snow, look at the waves, look at the kids, look at the blessings. Amen. You know, and, and I guess what you said is, is again, resonating that, you can even find blessings in a chemistry class. Absolutely. If right. the Holy Spirit is inside and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to flavor you, mm-hmm. you will be salted with fire. Life would just look different. Right. It's the same life, same class. And it's powerful how you said, you know, same human beings receiving the same information, but such a different response to it. I'm excited taking furious notes, not for the test, but for the sermon this coming weekend. Whereas my classmates, they are, you know, on social media, on their laptops, you know, completely oblivious to what the professor just said. Um, Being a Christian 
can actually be the best way to live in a broken world and still thrive and still see the good, mm-hmm. the beauty in it. And that's attractive to the world. Amen. People you, that can see the opposite, the, the positive in things become attractive. Absolutely. You know, it is interesting. Uh, uh, going through high school uh, or in college, I could not stand reading, for mm-hmm. example. After conversion, you can give me a textbook and I'll read it. I like, you know, the more knowledge, the better as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So it, it conversion, conversion really does do just that. It does turn you around. And, you know, again, going back to this salt and what you were talking about as far as you see things different and then people see that and it's attractive. That is exactly, you know, what Christ is bringing out here. You know, the world enjoys the blessings of God even without actually believing in him, they still receive those blessings. You know, rather it be just simple, like, as I always say, you know, to the kids, if, if ever you doubt God, then make water. Make <laughs> me water then. And this is, you know, and it's, it's a joke, but at the same time, this is something that the world is very concerned about. Where's the water going to come from? They don't see the blessing that's in it. It's so simple. We take it. We take it for granted. I think we talked about that last week. How spoiled we are. Uh, that is a blessing from God. You know, just that. Now you take that further, and this idea of right and wrong, this idea of morals, that's a blessing from God as well. And rather you don't believe or not, if you're just an animal, you have no. There's no reason for you to have morals. You know, again, the lion doesn't look at the gazelle and go, ah, it's not right for me to take his life. I'm exploiting these poor gazelles. Yeah, exactly. That comes, that's an outside source if we're just animals. That's an outside source that's giving us these thoughts. So, again, we, um, the blessings that God gives those who do believe, those who do believe just do those blessings as well. You know, they exercise those things. So like you said, people see it and they understand that there's got to be something better. You know, this is making much more sense now after what you said as to why would Jesus says, blessed are you when you are persecuted. Mm. Actually be happy about it because one of my favorite Bible characters that I relate to a lot is Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily because of his impetuousness, but because of the night he betrayed Jesus. Because um, I grew up in the church, and it, it, it ached my heart that I was a kid that would cry when he would hear sermons about Jesus. Um, there were nights that would fall asleep, uh, weeping for joy at the thought that Jesus is coming again, that my family is going to be saved. Um, I would go, to, I would go uh, pray at night and also cry, thinking, God, will you send your son Jesus to die for, for me, for mm-hmm. us? And I started thinking, man, I was thinking those thoughts at 9, 10 years old. Um, the Holy Spirit was making Christianity real for me. Um, and because I had that potential there, walking away from it, for me, I realized how many years I've squandered. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that will bring heartache to me. And so I understand Peter. When the Bible says that he wept bitterly, I understand those words because I, I wept those tears of regret, remorse, and repentance, thankfully. But this persecution, um, Peter thought he could withstand persecution, and that's when he failed most miserably. Mm. Um, For me, there's so many rich lessons there. And when you and I talked about this persecution, even if you cave into persecution, 
it can still become a blessing for you because it has just revealed to you how wimpy you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I share with you how we had a gathering with some friends and they brought pizza and had pepperoni in it. And I'm like, I made up my mind, man. I'm not going to make my friends feel bad. You know, why do I have to belong to this weird religion? We can't do this. We can't do that. You know, why can't we be normal? Um, and so I'm, I'm divided. You know, the sodium and the chloride right. <laughs> are separated in my yeah. head. And I'm no longer salty. I'm flavorless. And, I, and I'm actually being flavored. And none of my friends are putting any pressure. It's just that all of this is happening inside my own head. So I made up my mind. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and eat it and then ask for forgiveness. Uh, my Muslim friend says, you know, I, sorry, guys, uh, don't feel bad, but I can't eat any of that. And everybody's like, what? What's wrong with it? And then he says, it has pork. And, oh, I'm so sorry. And they, they go ahead and get him some non-pepperoni pizza. And I just wanted to kick myself. Mm. Now all my friends are feeling like, you know, Islam has something. <laughs> there must be something to, to being a, a Muslim because look at that. You know, he's legit and he, he would turn down pizza you mm-hmm. know, for a teenager. That's huge. Um, for us, it was huge. But here's the Seventh-day Adventist that in his mind, they never verbally said it, but in my mind, I had already made up my mind. I'm not going to cause waves. You know, I don't want to hurt my fe- the feelings of my friends. And that, that experience for me um, became the, how can I be like that? Right. Mm-hmm. How can I be so wimpy? And I'm realizing Peter, that, that was the bitter pill for him. Persecution can reveal how wimpy we are. All of us. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus didn't say, um, some of you guys will struggle tonight when you guys see me getting persecuted. He <laughs> says, all of you. Right. And Paul quotes Isaiah when he says, we have all turned our backs. We have all gone our separate ways. So there's no strong Christian in, in the face of persecution. And I'm not talking about, you know, the burning stake. I'm talking about your friends making fun of you or you not being in the crowd anymore. Mm-hmm. That kind of persecution or the weird co-worker that doesn't eat this or is asking the, the superior, the, the supervisor for Sabbaths off or Friday nights off. Who does that person think they are? Um, that kind of persecution can actually reveal to us how quickly and willingly we would give in mm. if given the opportunity. So there's there's a blessing in both ends. If you've given in, you know, you're being shown by God that you're trying this on your own. Because then you have the, the experience of Peter after Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? And do you love me? And with that question... Jesus is, is driving deeper the, the reality. I still love you. Do you love me? Right. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. still love you. Do you love me? And at the end, Peter says, you know all things, Lord. Right. You know I love you. Um, not like you love me. I hope someday to be able to love you mm-hmm. the way you love me. And, you know, you, you bring up something else in that, too. It is, you know, people are looking for something. They really are. And so when we do make those stands, and yes, at first it might be awkward or maybe you might get fun of or whatever. Um, but at the same time, people, I think that's why, um, you know, you used your Muslim friend and it made me think of something too. I think that's why when people see Muslim uh, Islam, there is something attractive to them, which is hey, at least they're doing something. You know, they do their prayers and they, they have these certain things that they do. At least they're doing something. At least there's something there where as Christianity, 
as the world has Christianity, there's real. It's it's just the world light. But if we actually make these stands, <laughs> <That's> powerful. Um, <laughs> the world light. <laughs> yeah, that, you, diet diet world. Exactly. It's it's the world light. I mean, that's what Christianity's kind of been brought down to, if you will. Uh, but if you actually make these true stands for Christ, not again to be abrasive, but just because they are what they are, um, you people notice, and it's it's not negative. It may they may come off negative at first, but it's not negative because people do want what God what God wants to give, which is the goodness, which is the true definition of love. They want that, and if mm. they see it from you, wow, brother, you you just said that, and you just boom in my head, and they had and they concluded that they had been with Jesus. Exactly. There you go. That's right. what they could say about Peter mm-hmm. after the cross, after Pentecost. They preached the powerful sermon. And the officials are like, hey, you're not putting that on us. You you are never to preach on that name again. And Peter says, whether to obey God or obey man is better. You decide. I've already made up my mind. I've made my decision. Right? And their response was flavorful. Mm-hmm. They were salty, not because they were confrontational, but because they could not be deterred from revealing the fact that they had been with Jesus. Right. And so Jesus really is what makes me salty. It's not my determination and it's not my... Uh, umph, right. you know, it's my recognition. I have no umph, man. I'm the wimpiest thing on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. I'm a wet noodle, Lord Jesus. Why would you even pick someone like me to represent you in this world? Right. Jesus is like, Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Because once you become poor in spirit, now you are have that heart attitude that when persecution comes and it will come, you will not look to yourself for answers or strength, right? You will actually want to spend more time with me. That is exactly, you know, I. One of those things I often say is, I people reject Christianity for all the right reasons, and what I mean by that is, they have come across somebody who's doing just that. They are, they are the Holy Spirit, if you will, and they are the ones that are going, you, you know, go, going down to the light of the world. They're going to turn that light on and off, and when they turn it on, boy, it, beca- it can become very tacky because they're doing it all on their all on their own just like peter did right um you know peter is portrayed as this this real big loud mouth and really we kind of do the same thing if we're not in the spirit if if we're doing if we're going to prove to you that i'm the better christian and that i'm right well that what does that do that's not light that turns people off no pun intended uh these people you know there's this thing of, uh, about Christianity where you just have to be, just be a Christian, just be with the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's what God is saying here. When you're a light, by the way, he doesn't say, hey, turn your light on when it's convenient. He says, you are a light. Again, um, uh, verse 16, it says, "Light, let your light shine. You know, he doesn't say, hey, turn your light on now before men. He says, let your light shine. It is there. I am there. If you are, you know. Don't suppress me. Right, exactly. Don't suppress me. Don't hide me. Right. Um, which is a powerful, different take of that verse. Absolutely. Because yeah. in, in, in the, I guess my immediate take is let your light, you are the salt. But what Jesus is about the passages implying is it's me in you. That needs to be demonstrated. Exactly. Um, and when you said about Peter, you know, it wasn't a big burly soldier saying, hey, are you with Jesus? You know, with <laughs> cracking his knuckles, <laughs> right. asking the question. 
he was a little servant girl mm-hmm. that caused him that to buckle. made him cower. Right. So, in, in in the providence of God, Peter had it gentle. You know, he could have gotten punched. Mm-hmm. He could have gotten kicked. But a little girl just simply asks him, and I think in God's providence, God used that to reveal how weak. Because he could have said, well, you know, he's bigger than me. Of course, I'm going to buckle because he was bigger than me. But to a little girl. Mm-hmm. So for me, that, that experience of the pizza became one of the reference points that Jesus would point to and say, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And so while being an illegal immigrant, I had to turn down jobs that required me to work on Sabbath that would have allowed me to make way more money. But I had to settle for jobs that made less than half of that but I would get Sabbaths off and I was happy for it mm-hmm. because at the end, Jesus could say, do you love me? And be like, Lord, you know all things. You know, I'm not doing this to get brownies points for you. I'm doing this because I've seen how much you love me even when I didn't love you. Right. When I was denying you in front of my girlfriends, in front of my friends with my foul language, my, oh, can you, Ariel, after that nice, you know, hilarious joke about all these uh, immoral things <laughs> uh, you want to hang out with us Saturday morning oh no I got a church <laughs> right, right I'm going to be on church on the true day of the Lord mm-hmm. on the Sabbath that's flicking the light on and off which is for you like you're, you're so right bro it was so obnoxious my friends were like you're going to go to church <laughs> right right <laughs> of course on the Lord's day <laughs> mm-hmm. I look back and I'm thinking um, if there was I mean, the insight that the Lord has given you is so true their rejection of Adventism would have been for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, we know one. I know an Adventist. He, he flicks that light on and off. It's annoying. It's like those, when, it, when the, these um, uh, fluorescent lights, it's starting to go bad. and, mm-hmm. and that. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. That's a Christian that tries to please the world and please Jesus at the same time. And you end up pleasing neither. What's the verse where it talks about uh, being a clinging symbol? Oh, Paul, you know, with love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, First Corinthians chapter 13. Um, if I have no love, even becoming a martyr can become annoying. Exactly. Um, actually, you know, John, uh, when I took a, a New Testament class, Christianity, early Christianity had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. But the professor said that one of the biggest problems were these Christians that would be loudmouthed, just like Peter, mm-hmm. and would, you know, be loudmouthed towards centurions, loudmouthed to all these people, and would boast, you know, we are Christians, we're not afraid of death, kill us, we, we know about the resurrection. And, and so, you know, when you kick a dog, eventually the dog will bite you. Mm-hmm. And eventually in that community, the centurions would get fed up and be like, you want persecution? You want to be a martyr? Boom, let's do this. And those Christians would run and flee. Right. And those Christians that never said a word, that were just trying to live a Christian life, they would be the ones thrown to the lions. They would be the ones. And so there was this tension and many Christians died unnecessarily because of these loud mouth wannabes. Mm. Um, persecution is not something like we said last week. It's not something that we go looking for. Um, persecution is just something that will happen naturally as you try to show people that you have been with Jesus. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. Because he is the light of the world. And if he is in me, then all I need to do is let this little light of mine, I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let it shine because it's already shining. Amen. You know, I think we get confused sometimes um, with, uh, you know, as we come to Christ, we realize there's things in our lives that um, that don't add up. So we, we want to get rid of those things. So there's some things that 
it is true. There are some times where you have to actively do something. But what this is talking about, and we get this confused sometimes, is this is the evidence of our faith. Our salt is the evidence of our faith. Mm. Again, our life is the evidence of our faith, the, the light that we're talking about. So it is an exercise, but it isn't exercise like we think about it, like, ugh. When we literally think about exercise, I got to get up and I got to go to the gym and or whatever it might be. This exercise is different. It is the evidence of your faith. It is just your light. It is who you are. Now, again, there are some times where you have to actively say, look, I'm not going to do this. But that is sometimes we put the cart before the horse. The Holy Spirit has to be there first, right? right. Um, it's not, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, you know, willing ourselves. It is, now this doesn't make sense to me anymore. Um, and you try to find other paths. I mean, uh, um, Sabbath, of course, becomes an issue when you're mm-hmm. trying to go to college, you have ACT tests. Um, so rather than protest and pick it, you know, you're, you're transgressing in my religious liberty rights. Mm-hmm. You would try to look for alternative ways and you write letters and you... The same process that I encourage members to do, you know, when you, when you go to work and you, like when Frank at the airport, you know, mm-hmm. asked her what I'm going to do, they put, put him in a schedule. I told him, I can write you a letter and just request that they please honor your convictions and just pray about it. Right. But being polite, pleasant. And of course, Frank, if you want to be asking for Sabbaths off, be a good worker. Right. <laughs> Don't show up late, you know, be goofing around. And But can I have my Sabbaths off? Um, and so Frank was like, it makes total sense. And so... That's that's part of the flavoring mm-hmm. too, you know. As an employee, I remember the conviction again after my conversion. Um, my boss, I worked actually for a Moroccan guy. He never had to worry about none of his inventory being missing when I was when it was my shift. And sometimes I worked alone, and I would close the register and I would put all the inventory away. And not once did he ever. Of course, it wasn't at first. He didn't trust me at all. He would always be sneaking around. I would catch him in the cafeteria of the mall kind of hiding behind people to see if I'm taking stuff. Because he had employees take from him all the time. And when he discovered that I, I would not take anything and that the register was, you know, true to the pennies, mm-hmm. after like a week or so of that, he was like, I'm so glad you work for me mm-hmm. because I haven't been able to take care of other parts of his business because I've had to always be guarding myself because I would be like $50 short, $75 short. And I knew, but I just couldn't prove it. Mm-hmm. I would end up firing people, but I couldn't get the authorities because they were so good at stealing. And I was very suspicious of you because I'm like, this guy's really good. He must be stealing from me, but I just can't catch him. <laughs> I'm realizing you, you haven't been stealing from me. You were happy with what I'm paying you. You're weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a good way. And that's flavoring. Right. Here's an employee that is, wouldn't even take a pen from my job. Wow. That's flavoring. That's that's being the salt of the earth. Um, Mrs. White says that a faithful, committed, quiet Christian life is a powerful witness, a powerful testimony to the world of the power of grace, of the grace of God. Um, which, you know, when you were talking about light, I, I didn't get to share this, this thought that I had with you. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp. And because I'm, you know, doing the Sabbath school quarter, doing the book of Revelation, there's the seven lampstands mm-hmm. that represent the church represents you and I really corporately and Jesus said no one lights a lamp and puts it and you have been lit and Pentecost is interesting the imagery everybody had a little right. flame of fire you know kind of like a lamp mm-hmm. um, but in the book of Revelation Jesus 
his concern is the lights going out in some of those churches. Mm. You know, heresy, compromise, persecution is causing that light to go out. And he made me think about a passage in Matthew 12 where a Matthew quotes a passage from the Old Testament from Isaiah and applies it to Jesus because of his gentleness towards a church that is, is doing things that is causing that light to go out. Because uh, what's really burning is the oil, but the conduit of that oil is this little flax wick. You know, and that's where the fire is at. But the wick is not really what's primarily burning, is the oil. That's the real fuel. But in the process, the wick, you know, you get a little bit of it burnt and it starts to go down. And, and if it goes underneath the oil surface, it does go out. But before it, it kicks out a lot of smoke mm-hmm. to kind of let you know, hey, you better come and either pull the wick up a little bit so that there's more wick, or you need to put a new wick in this lamp because the wick's just burnt out. And in Matthew 12, 20, describing Jesus says, he will not break a battered reed or put out a smoking flax. Mm. And I used to wonder what the imagery meant until I studied the book of Revelation. And the meaning is, it doesn't matter how much we I betrayed the Lord in the past. Um, Jesus understands why I'm doing that. Peter didn't betray Jesus because he was this horrible, mischievous, deceiving disciple. The only basic reason why Peter did that is he stated the truth. I don't know the man. Right. I don't know his love for me. Mm. I spent three and a half years with him, and I still don't know him because of my own self-centeredness, my own selfishness, my own pride. I have not yet to reach the point of recognizing I am poor in spirit. And yet Jesus sees a light, a lamp that is smoking and the light's about to go out. And Jesus has to go, let me just put you out of that misery. <laughs> Let's get rid of it, right? Um, I'll just get a brand new lamp. Jesus doesn't want a brand new you. Well, I mean, a brand new lamp. He doesn't want to replace you. I'll just, you're just so expendable. You're not a good Christian. Next. Right. Let me see if you do a better job of representing me. He takes each of us as his precious children. And when we recognize we are at our spiritual worst, we are still able to have hope that Jesus can reignite that fire. He is the one that lights the lamp. Mm. And if he lit this lamp in, in a fire in your heart years ago, but today you find yourself with that light about to go out, don't try to light, ignite it because you didn't light it in the first place. Mm-hmm. We need to go back to Jesus, who is the one that can take a smoking flax and make it light up again and become bright mm-hmm. and become its purpose. We serve a Jesus that, that doesn't give up on the church. The book, the book of Revelation highlights that. And the story of Peter highlights that too. And I share with you this one verse from Romans, um, Romans eight thirty five, when he says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will persecution, tribulation, distress, or famine? There is persecution. Persecution is not there to separate you. Persecution is there to reveal how much you need to trust more in Jesus and less in yourself. Mm. And that's the blessing of persecution. Boy, this is the exact opposite of the world, right? Mm. This is, I mean, especially now more than ever, um, where we uh, have all of these social uh, networks that we can throw out there how great we are all the time. 
this is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, and and I, I guess maybe as we wrap this up, uh, what's interesting about this, as we talked about, that noise that we hear all the time from social media and all of the cable net, uh, stations that we have now and all of these things, it is just that. It's noise. It's flavorless. Mm. And it goes away, and then the next thing comes, and there's nothing there. But with this, with the Holy Spirit, once again, there's something so much deeper. There's something so flavorful to this life that God is willing to give all of us. Mm. So um, maybe you haven't had this experience. Um, as a nurse, I've had to deal with patients that have high blood pressure, mm-hmm. and there is a salt substitute. Have you ever tasted that? Yeah. You have to use a lot of it to, before it tastes like salt. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't really taste like salt. Right. Like the, there's an aftertaste to it that tells you. Your taste buds are like, mm, nope. Right. Um, same like with artificial sweeteners. You know, it is sweet, but it's right. not sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you described is is all the counterfeits that the world tries to put out. Right. And it's the, the, at the end of the day, what the world is trying to counterfeit is love. Amen. That's, that's the biggest counterfeit that the world is trying to replicate. And it's trying to replicate that which is, it will be impossible because the Bible says God is love. Right. You can't re- replicate that. So um, a, as, as we conclude, um, what will light your fire again is revisiting Jesus and having him reveal his love to you one more time. Amen. Amen. So right now, wherever you may find yourself, take courage. Jesus will not put out a smoking flax. He knows how to make it burn again with his love. Amen.